Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Digital Digital Get Down. This is episode number 35. Mm -hmm. uh, no alcohol needed tonight. We're drunk on love. We're drunk on figure skating. Some combination of the two. Drunk on too much work the past couple days mm. on a weekend. You'll bounce back. Um, I have a correction to make before we go any further. Okay. We talked a lot last week about figure skating, and I apparently kept getting Tessa Virtue's name wrong. What were you calling her last Tessa week? Tessa Netting, who was a totally different person. I don't remember you saying that. Uh, well, Elizabeth called me out. We'll go back Former to the guest, tape. Elizabeth. Okay. Um, so my apologies to the entire country of Canada. Mm. Tessa Virtue is what I meant. Um, and they're still marvelous, but correction. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of ice dancing shenanigans since the last time we recorded. What shenanigans have gone on? All of Nipplegate was in between our, our these it? two episodes. Yeah, we had mm -hmm. just seen Nathan Chen when we recorded the last time. Oh my gosh, I think we should probably just let Cicerone just, or Papadakis, which one was it? Um, just yeah. let her go back to her country okay. and not talk about her nipple any further. Okay. Um, a lot has happened since then. Mm -hmm. I was very torn with the Russian women, uh, sorry, women of Russia, yeah. figure skaters, because I really want to be friends with Eugenia. How do Evgenia? I say it? Eugenia? So close. Not Eugenia Medvedeva. Sure. Um, she looks like she's murdered people. But, but like, you know, in a cute way. Cute murder, yeah. But then Alina... Um, Zagitova. Yeah. Why that? I said that one right. That was good. Um, she's just so beautiful when she skates with her tutu. So only fifteen. You can't say that. Arms above her head. That. Can't say that. She is beautiful. So she just was wearing cat suit. Yeah, that was a bit strange. Mm. Um, we just watched the exhibition skate. Yeah. Despite NBC's best efforts to have nobody watch it. Good lord. Um. There was some kind of boring shit. There was some weird shit. Yeah. I was really into Javier Fernandez's this was routine. The, the highlight, yeah. It was like a comedic aerobic medley mm -hmm. um, with a lot of costume changes and props. And it did kind of feel like everyone was doing their audition for Disney Show on Ice, though. A yeah, but bit. the only one who was like a sure bet would be Javi. His yeah. was amazing. I don't He's even want him to do in. Disney on Ice. I want him to do like Javi on Ice and just yeah. do his own weird bits oh. on skates. Um, there was a very weird Spider-Man sung by Michael Bublé. <laughs> yeah. I'm still, like, baffled by that Hit that one. up on Spotify. Baffled by it. <sighs> um, I think the biggest thing about figure skating that I wanted to ask you mm. is what song would you skate to? We talked a lot about... What song would I skate to? We talked a lot to? about, like, what songs would we pick. Hmm. And I know for Yuri on Ice Years would be History Maker. Yeah, and mine would that be, would be my short program. Mine would be Eros, would be my short program. Mm -hmm. But what would your long program be? What would Swan your free Lake. skate be? Not Swan, Lake, not Hallelujah, not Swan Lake. Um, and not fucking Charlie Chaplin. I don't know. So the rule this year was that you could have lyrics. Correct. Um, I don't know. You told me that I should skate to a song for Mulan, yeah. which has really a really gorgeous score, so that would be mm. an easy one. Lord of the Rings would have some good ones for mm. me, not for you. Prince no. of Egypt for me. But then, like, so I like the poppy ones, too. Like, Sarah Bareilles has some that would be really, like, nice, flowy ones. Mm -hmm. Someone did skate to One Republic, because I thought yeah, they have some good ones. Yeah, you called that one out. I did. Mm -hmm. You don't have anything? 
Benjamin Clementine's been ruined for no. you from Nathan Chen. So. Never, no. Like a good five minutes long. I would be a medley guy. I would be a medley person. <sighs> you would? I hate the medleys. I know. I would be a medley person. Medley of what? Uh, you can't do Coldplay, because that was overused yes. by a few people. Can't do Moulin Rouge. Anything gosh. that's ever been on Grey's Anatomy should not be able to be used. What What other, like, show tunes do I like? Show tunes? Can there be Hamilton? a Hamilton skate? There has been one. That would be a great Disney show on ice. Hamilton on ice? Yeah. Alright, I'll see it. Okay, I'll think about it. You don't have an answer? No, you put me on the spot. What else do you listen to on your, um... Pop music? Oh, yeah, yeah, on your phone. I mean, if I really wanted to wow the audience, I would probably do, um, Ride With Me. <laughs> for your exhibition skate or for your actual no, free for skate? for the full free skate, yeah. Oh, dear. And would it be a medley with, encore, uh, do you want more? Oh, well, yeah, I was thinking, I feel like Lincoln Park, it would be good for, for ice dancing. Ice dancing or ice skating? No, you need jumps for that. In the end! doesn't even matter. Yeah. Jump. Yeah. Depending on if I was in an emo mood that season or not. Well, that's, you have to pick. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, write us on Twitter and let us know what your... Um, yeah, hashtag... So don't even. Okay. Did you actually have no, one? I yeah, know. that's what I thought. Um, so, for all of you who are like, stop talking about figure skating, this, this is it. it. That was it. Yeah. Unless we decide to get tickets to fly to Italy for the world. No, but it's March. just the same amount of fun as tennis where you can get like overly invested for two weeks and then totally separate yourself from it and never not think about it for like another twelve months in yeah. the case of, of tennis. Sure. Yeah. I had a quick follow up to oh, okay. a comment from last week. Go for it. You were quizzing me on what format the good place would be best in. And I yeah. didn't have a good answer. My good answer is a play. I think it would work best as a play. Oh, where it's kind of really good play. Yeah, kind of like goofy, kind of like out there, and it has a lot of nods to Wizard of Oz within the show. But it yeah. would kind of be in that same vein. Maybe but you can make it a musical. Also, it would be so easy to do the sets because this is yes, over that's and over. what I realized. So I felt like I had to mention it. It would be a better play. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the one that you haven't read yet. Mm. Um, uh, five characters in search of an author. Yeah. Or it's like a meta kind of... Kind of meta and a lot of like nods to like writing and stuff. I th I think I only have that in Spanish, not in English, but you should read That will be my gold read once I... <laughs> okay. Once you pass Duolingo. Espanol Especialidad. Sure. Yeah. Especialidad. Soon this podcast will be broadcasted in, in Spanish Sp oh, as God, well. Oh, God, no one wants that. That would be an <laughs> affront to the Spanish language. <laughs> Um, I take it to speak Spanish at work this week, though, mm -hmm. about plants with some yeah, kids. Yeah, you're, like, inner city now, so. <laughs> um, do we want to go into our news -ses? Well, I was just going to mention... Oh, you have another update? Well, this is our Black History episode, I decided. Okay. I think I can say that in good taste. Sure. It is Black History Month. Sure. We're running out of time, so now's the time to do it. Okay. Uh, so I've been watching Atlanta mm -hmm. as well, season one. Which you always hear in the background, and you call out. I don't want to be racist, but are you watching Atlanta? Because you hear a lot of N words and a lot of. Mm. I just walked by and thought I saw her Donald Glover, and I know that yeah. he's on Atlanta. I don't really know anything else about the show. It's a very weird show. It's not what I expected at all. Do you like it? Uh, I like the first couple of episodes, and now the last. I few wouldn't are just... like it, right? You might like it more than you think you would like it. <laughs> okay. It's basically um, Master of None. For black culture. 
Okay, maybe I would like it then. Instead of like food, it's all about black culture. You have to sort of like rap or like the concept of rap. I, you keep yelling at me because I thought Biggie was still alive. So I don't know that the target But there's a lot of odd episodes. Like the first few... Like, like bottle this, episodes? Yeah, exactly. Kind of. Um, like this last one was almost like a Parks and Rec gag. Like it was like a purred happily kind of episode. It was very bizarre. And the one before that, the one of the main characters plays a charity basketball game. And Justin Will Bieber Ferrell is... Style? No, but Justin Bieber is there. But this show is apparently in an alt-universe where Justin Bieber is black? So actual Justin Bieber was there? Or well, like black he, Justin Bieber? They called Bieber? him Justin Bieber, but, but he was black. a black actor. Okay. So Justin so, Bieber's like a title, not an actual name. Yeah. And so like Donald Glover clearly, you know, and his writing partners put together a list of like 10 concepts about race that they either thought were funny or poignant or somewhere okay. in between and they're doing one each episode now i'm intrigued i have too many uh, tv shows to watch yeah i don't i don't think it's for you okay well the one that i have been slowly getting into not a tv show um janelle monet i mentioned it last time that i was like yeah. intrigued You're by all in on spotify for her now well i've had a lot of driving mm-hmm. lately um it's so her, her albums are like a like a story. It's like a concept album a little yeah. bit. Are there skits in the middle? Um, a like little spoken bit. Spoken word, little a little bit. Passages. So it's meant to be this like futuristic, um, like dystopia kind of thing. Okay. And so the first one is just like a couple of just like strange intros and like it, like little in between songs. Yeah. But a lot of the songs are about yeah. like androids and stuff okay. the second one the first one has some really catchy songs mm-hmm. the second one is better as like a, a whole album okay. and throughout the album there are these like little interludes like you said of like a dj on some futuristic radio station okay so there's like spoken word and janelle when like plays different characters like that call into the radio station or they have songs play on the radio station and stuff um it's really interesting. Yeah, she seems like a fascinating person. I don't think she has any flaws. Hmm. Because she was just like, I guess I'll try acting. And then she just like was into like ass, Academy yeah. Award nominated slash winning movies. Yeah. Um, and she was definitely my favorite part of Hidden Figures. Yeah. So, and her new song um, that, just com- that just came out is a video. Mm. It's very like Prince um, inspired. He was like one of her mentors. Okay. Um, like not just inspirations, like he meant, he meant. Bold North. <laughs> you gotta say that whenever you reference a Minnesota thing. Okay. It's contractually um, obligated. But it's basically like a fuck you, I'm bisexual. Yeah, I, I saw some headline about her sexuality, didn't click in. Um, or just basically like fuck you, stop asking me who I'm attracted to, I'm obviously attracted to this man and this woman in this music video. Got it. Um, she basically puts herself in between Tessa Thompson, who's, um, the Valkyrie from... Thor 3. Yeah. And this other hot dude. Uh-huh. And it's just like into both of them in the uh, in the music video. But are, are a lot of people asking her that question? Possibly. Like, it's a lot been, of celebrities so, seem so angry about things. So it's was kind of alluded to in her albums and some of the like, lyrics and stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. I think what they're angry about is that people get so focused on it. Like that's like nothing else matters about their album. Like the number one thing they have to ask is their sexuality. Like it shouldn't mm-hmm. really matter. It doesn't change your musicianship yeah. of who no, you're attracted that. to. But also it's frustrating because I think there's still this um, 
conception that like bisexuality isn't real mm-hmm. that like you're a lesbian who sometimes like kisses men when you're drunk or vice right. versa like you're gay and sometimes you just try to be conform conform and be straight yeah like i think there is this conception still that like you can't be really bi like that bi people just don't want to pick or that they're greedy or that they're not really bi like which one do you like better so i think that's some of the frustration too is that there's a lot of bi erasure if you will where like it's a new word for me okay so if a bi person is dating so if if you were bi okay do you want you to be bi or me to be bi? I'll, I'll do it. I'll be the so I. So if you were bi person. and you're dating a man, I can go you're after gay. either one. If you're bi mm-hmm. and you're dating a woman, you're straight. Like, right. Unless you if people have, define you by who yeah. your partner is, not by who you, like what you want to be defined as or yeah. labeled as. No labels. Probably be the easiest way to go. Yeah, but that's not realistic necessarily. Mm. Or not, people don't think that's realistic. People like to be able to put you in a box. Yeah, I guess my just point is like, I don't go up asking people this question. So is it just when you reach a certain level of fame and then you have to do interviews? That's what comes up? I guess people so. People pry into your people private don't life? Like, people don't like ambiguity. Oh, I'm going to get into private life stuff in a little bit if okay. we do when we do bad news. Um, so. People don't like ambiguity. They like to be able to like figure out which box to put you in. Yeah. Anyway. All right. You've depressed me. Um, so do you want to do good news, bad news? Give me I, some Can good I do news a disclaimer for this up. episode first? Sure. Um, in case, like, our listeners haven't realized this, we are, like, the whitest of white people. Yeah. So this episode is very much coming from a place of, like, white privilege and white perspective. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be talking about two very recently um, well-acclaimed black pieces of, of media or art. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Yeah. We're white. We're coming at this from a very white lens. Um, and if we say anything that we shouldn't, please, if you want to, send us a message. Like, we are very willing to uh, be corrected and hashtag, learn how to be less shitty white people. No hashtag for that either. No, no, no. Okay. I'm trying to hashtag everything. <laughs> we're too old for that. Um, so, yeah, feel free to uh, call us out if we say anything that we shouldn't or if we're a bit... Um, ignorant or uneducated about something, feel free to send us a message uh, so we can learn how to be less shitty white people. Do you want any good news, bad news? Give me some good news. Cheer me up. Okay. Um, my good news is that are a little bit bad newsy tinged oh, this week. God. But, I can never okay. count on you. So one of my good news is I already told you about because I was really mm. excited about the other day. Yeah. So obviously there's been a lot of shit going down with the NRA and with gun control. Mm-hmm. And the NRA used a tweet that had Leslie Nope and Leslie Nope gif in it of her saying thank you. Mm-hmm. And the Parks and Rec creators and cast were like not down with that. They like shut that shit down right away. Like Adam Scott came on and was like, fuck you, don't use Leslie Nope for your bullshit agenda. Nick Offerman came on and was like, she'd be against everything that you stand for. Mike Schur came on and was like, I'm the creator of this and I don't authorize this. Also, Amy Poehler doesn't have a Twitter, but she says, fuck you. Like, just real aggressive. You were beaming once you saw those. It's so funny. My only trip up with it is that whose side would Ron Swanson, the character, be on? Um... That would have been the gift to use, correct? Of him talking about freedoms and and, libertarian and shit? Yeah. Hmm. But I don't think... 
if you're like a real libertarian, you're not really for any organization that big either. Like, I don't mm. think he would be for regulating a lot of gun control, but I don't think he would be for the NRA either. Yeah. Like, I think lobbyists are everything he despises about the government because he thinks the government is corrupt and useless. So <sighs> Well, it went viral. So they got what they wanted, right? I guess so. <laughs> but as like a Parks and Rec fan, I was yeah. just very happy to see that they were like reclaiming their... They're all best friends, as you say. I love that they're all best friends. Mm. Um, so my other good news is also related was to this. Chris Pratt too busy cheating on his wife to, to partake? Probably. Um, on a farm now? He's like gone full Timberlake. And cheating on his wife on the farm or living on the oh, farm? Living on a farm. Like, mm. Justin Timberlake's like a man of the woods now, and yeah. Chris Pratt's like a man of the farm now. Okay. That's, I had to like unfollow him on Instagram because he was just like, look at this pig. Like, just everything was just about being a farm. Um, so my other good news, um, kind of, I, I'm going to like do a bad news, good news with this. So um, good news is how all these students from Parkland – um, school that had the most recent school shooting are just like not taking any shit. They are like, what's what's the phrase? Some and taking names, something. Yeah, kicking ass and taking names yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. So I'm just like very proud of them and like just amazing what they've been doing. Um, so a lot of students have joined in, like a lot of student led protesting and stuff. But some schools, notably one in Texas, has said that they will suspend and potentially expel any of their students who walk out of school to protest this. So that's obviously putting a damper on some of the student um, organizations. But a lot of colleges, particularly East Coast colleges I've specifically seen, have come out saying, if, you, if we've already offered you acceptance, we will not be um, changing that because right. you protest. So like, don't be worried about um, us if you get punished for protesting. Yeah. So I thought that was great because I'm sure a lot of seniors, a lot of the people um, that are leading it are seniors, they're older, mm -hmm. um, and they're going to be able to vote soon, which is part of kind of their uh, rallying cry, I guess, is like register to try to get as many 17 turning 18 year olds to register to vote so mm -hmm. that they can take action at the polls. Um, so yeah, I feel like a lot of their concerns wouldn't necessarily be like being suspended for a week or something, but it would be how that would look for colleges. Sure. Uh, and that's a lot of colleges have come out saying, don't worry about us. Like we're not going to change our, um, our acceptance of you if you decide to protest this. So I thought that was really, really good. Like colleges didn't really have to do that. They didn't really have to get involved necessarily. Yeah. Um, and like they're encouraging the kids to, to protest. Yeah. It's interesting because, unfortunately, there have been so many school shootings within the last 12 months. Why was it this one that has sparked this? I, I, I almost feel extra bad for, like, the previous ones this year of, like, you know, were those kids just mourning too much and couldn't find the anger or the inspiration? Um, or? This was one of the worst ones, mm. um, the most casualties. Um, I don't know if these students are just happen to be more politically minded yeah. or be more involved, whereas some of the other students weren't sure how to do it. I don't know if it was a matter of timing and just they got on the news and then people, the news realized, wow, these kids know what they're talking about and they're getting mm -hmm. a lot of ratings and then wanted to go from there. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to feed into any conspiracy theories, which is part of my bad news, so... Just to clear that up. Well, we can go on to bad news if you want. Do you want me to do my lighthearted bad news first? Sure. It's fucking Diet Coke commercials. I there are sponsored this week. No, they're not. Yeah, that. right. I don't want like feisty cherry. It's fucking cherry coke. It's existed for a long time. <laughs> diet feisty. Yeah. It's not feisty if it's diet. No one's ever been like, I'm yeah. gonna go on this feisty diet. Like 
we've all, we've gone on plenty of NBC rants already, but it was really Coke and Chevy were their like only two sponsors. And I could not listen to one more of either of those commercials without no, losing my mind. No, the goddamn Chevy one. Them when they're like, "Here's a Chevy truck. We'll list off ten great things, and here's a Toyota. It doesn't have these things. Which one do you like?" Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So you want me to do what? Good news or bad news? I don't care. I've done my news. This. Did we do the jingle this week? I was just singing it on while you were talking. Oh, sorry. Trying to keep things moving along. Okay. Well, one easy piece of good news, Roger Federer back at his place atop the tennis rankings, okay. won a tournament in... It's your fault. You wished an injury upon in Rafa. Amsterdam, I think, and that put him into first place. Whatever. Woo! Um, other sports update, Major League Baseball is putting into, putting into effect certain time regulations now. Really? Well, they're not actually time regulations. I take that back. They call them pace of play. Okay. And the biggest change that I'm most excited about is that there is a limited number of mound visits for the entire game. I think the number is six. Okay, so it's like timeouts. Like, you can only have a Right, but that counts for coaches and for other players. Interesting. So, so you the know, catcher can't... Yeah, in yeah. long innings when the catcher goes out and they talk Four about times. every single pitch, those count against the six... If the coach wants to make a pitching change, the manager, he can do that outside of those. Okay. So it's only non-pitching change meetings are limited to six. I really like that rule. Okay. They're not putting in a pitch clock, which I've always thought was dumb. Like As some- a pitcher, oh my God, please don't give me a pitch clock. Yeah. Like I, I'm pretty quick generally with my pitches, but sometimes you just need a minute. Like, right. let the pitcher control the pace of the game to some extent. Yeah. Especially the when game. there are people on base and things. If you know when they're going to throw it, like, that's a guaranteed stolen base. Yeah. So I don't know how they would ever do that, but... Um, okay. So bad news. Mm-hmm. A little bit more about the Olympics. So okay. there was one active doping scandal related to Russia in the Olympics. Okay. We didn't get talked about too much, but it was in the sport of curling. Is there a lamer sport to dope in than curling? How would that even help you? I don't know. But yeah, yeah apparently one of the athletes from Russia failed a test at, during part of the curling competition. Now, my other bad news is just I'm I'm down on the internet in general this week. I'm okay. disappointed. I know the internet can be creepy and extreme in certain pockets, but I felt like it hit like the mainstream internet this this week especially. And part of that for me is the ice dancing combo. Virtue and Moyer. Okay. Who, when they first skated, they're like, oh, wow, they're cute. I want to know their story. What's going on with them? And I feel like the internet took it to way too extreme of a place. Of, like, too much, like, real-life, real-person um, shipping. Yeah. And, like, in, like, asking them questions about it too much. And, and being like, invasive. all these articles that popped up about, like, looking through their every history of every interview they ever did to see any sort of hint that they may have slept together... Like, I understand when you enter the public sphere, you're at risk of, like, everyone's attention and everyone's speculation, but how awkward would it be to go on, like, popular websites and have headlines saying, are Virtue and Moyer fucking? Like, that must be very, very uncomfortable to look at when you Google yourself. I've talked about this before, but it's very uncomfortable when fandom intersects with real life to this Mm -hmm. extent. 
And it's especially uncomfortable when it's the actual two people that you're trying to push together. Like, it's one thing when it's the characters from a TV show and you're, like, taking it to maybe a weird extent or sending, like, fan fiction and fan art of the characters to the actors. It's, like, a whole nother level when it's, like, real person shipping. Yeah. When you are trying to get these two real people who have real lives and you know nothing about them and you're trying to, like, tell them or ask them about personal things. Mm-hmm. I was a little worried about it on Twitter. I, I looked at some of the replies on their, on their tweets and they weren't as bad as I feared. Mm. I thought it was going to be a lot of, like, you guys are fucking, why are you lying to the whole world? Like, <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I thought. There were just some people saying, oh, you guys are beautiful. I hope you're in love. But it wasn't, like really aggressive but yeah a lot of articles about it yeah to the point that yeah i do feel a little bit bad and and that's the problem is i think the internet blurs the lines a little bit of what is okay to speculate on in private or with your friends or as a joke on a website Mm -hmm. and what is okay to like ask them in an interview or send them a message about yeah so i mean i'm sure that they expect it to some extent from the way that they skate and the sport that they're in but yeah it took a really intense turn this olympics i think but this will probably be their last olympics so i hope they yeah. can like live the rest of their lives in peace go off into the sunshine and get married and why, why does all the speculation happen on them why not the russian couple who did the helen keller presentation because there was not a lot of sexual tension when they were portraying chemistry. helen keller um <laughs> yeah it's just the ridiculous level of chemistry the and face just how, sitting did it yeah yeah Kind of, kind of liftus, what were they calling it? <laughs> I think that's right. Um, but just, like, the how in sync they are when they mm-hmm. skate. Like, they, I, I was saying earlier that, like, the two of them skate better together than my own two feet attached to my one body. Mm. Like, I... That's a good way to explain it. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy watching them skate. So. All right. Do we have any other news? I thought you said you, were, you had another bad news. No, that's it. Yeah. Internet in general thought you were going to talk about the conspiracy theories. Oh, well, I was going to mention that about how how YouTube, like, surfaced these conspiracy videos about the Florida shootings, like, to the top of their list before some human realized that that shouldn't be happening. So it's I just another example of an algorithm taking over and people trusting in it too much. I think the funniest thing that I read as a response to the conspiracy theories was, like, you think these kids are democratic plants? Have you seen how well that they're planning and changing policy? The Democrats don't know how to do that. It's <laughs> kind of funny. So, yeah, it was a little bit of like a sad, funny, uh, I think it was a tweet, but I, I did think it was kind of funny. Yeah, and the other internet sadness for me was, oh, I don't even know which one, but one of the Kardashian clan oh. wrote a tweet saying, oh, I don't like Snapchat's redesign, and as a result... Snapchat's stock lost like $13 billion of its value. And that just doesn't compute to me that, that that's the type of universe we live in. Influencers, they call them. Yeah. Yeah. And the Snapchat CEO took home $680 million last year. Take home pay. Yeah. After taxes. What do you even, how do you even start shuffling through that? How? What did your bank... Does that... Ugh, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> well, that's like that Ellen thing that was like Oprah went in to like deposit a hundred... Uh, a million dollar check yeah. at the bank just to see what would happen. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> that's crazy. All right. We got some important segments. So we said this was going to be a short episode. Yeah. I told you it wasn't going to end up that way. Um, do you want to... Should we do the book first? Or the sure. movie? Whichever you pick. Lady's choice. Let's do the book first. Okay. 
So the children love the books. They do. So we are talking about The Hate You Give by She's Angie Thomas. has been on the book digits Fresh 50 forever. She's been on the top of the New York Times bestseller list forever, too. Well, that's a side note, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's obviously less notable than <laughs> uh, the book digits Fresh 50. Yeah. Um, so this was a book that I had been wanting to read forever. And our library here had like a hundred and something reserves on it yeah. to the point that I was never going to get it. So I got it for Christmas. Um, and I read it and it took me a little while to get into it, but then I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really important. And I made you read it. Mm -hmm. And I was a little bit unsure what you would think of it, hmm. but you liked it as well. I did. One of your rare It didn't A's. take me long to get into it at all. Um, so I guess... I'll give a little bit of a non-spoilery summary. Sure. Um, so if you haven't read it, because I definitely recommend you should read it. I think, I don't really think there's a lot of spoilers. I think it lays it out pretty early on yeah, in the book, what, what actually happens. Yeah. But I guess I don't want to give away the ending necessarily. But um, <laughs> So The Hate You Give is centers on Star, yeah. Star Thomas. So Star is the main character, and she lives in a... Pretty poor neighborhood. Does they ever say what state it is? Um, I thought it was Chicago. Is it not Chicago? I I wonder if that's part of the point is that they never say. Or that is it could Texas? be anywhere. I think it's Texas. Anyway, so she lives in a pretty poor neighborhood. Yeah. Um, she's black, and her whole family is black, and mm -hmm. it kind of centers on the issues that she has in her neighborhood. And very early on in the book, um, the catalyst kind of happens mm -hmm. of a friend of hers a childhood friend of hers who she's fallen a little bit out of touch with um she is riding in the car with him and he gets pulled over by a police officer for a broken taillight and the police officer has him get out of the car thinks that for some reason he's a threat and shoots and kills him in front of the main character star mm -hmm. um, and then holds a gun to her as well for getting out of the car to try and check on her friend who was just shot um and the book kind of goes on from there about... Well, the important part about Star's character is that she doesn't go to school in her neighborhood. Right. Sorry, I should have said that. So she goes to a mainly white, ritzy private school. Prep school, yeah. Prep school in a different neighborhood because of some of the things that's happened um, in the neighborhood that her parents wanted to kind of give her an opportunity to get out. Mm -hmm. um, and she had previously lost another childhood best friend from a drive-by shooting. So she's dealt with a lot of violence um, in her neighborhood, and this was especially uh, difficult to deal with because it was police brutality. So the rest of the book centers a little bit on her decision of how she wants to deal with this. Does she want to just try and deal with it privately within her family, or does she want to go out and into public with her story of what happened um, and her choice of, of how to deal with that? Um, and it also centers around her family's decision of what's the best way to help the neighborhood. Is it best right. to to try and enact change from within and stay in the neighborhood and try and be you know good examples and, and leaders in the community that they're in? Or is it more important to protect your family and do things from a little bit outside of the neighborhood yeah. while still caring about it? Um, and time and time again, she's forced to revisit the incident because she gets pulled in for police questioning mm -hmm. and grand jury stuff. And so kind of like each segment of the book is like leading up to the next time that she has to confront what right. she experienced. Yeah. 
Um, so I found it especially poignant because we live not very far from the Philando Castile shooting, mm-hmm. which was he was pulled over for a broken taillight. Mm. Um, so it, it's very obvious that the book pulls from a lot of real life yeah. incidents and that it's not based on any one specific one. It's definitely fictionalized, but you can see the grains of reality in across the whole book, really. Mm-hmm. But even just some little details of it, um, it, it really sounds like it. If you, if you heard a description of it on the news, you would not think it was a fictional story. You'd be right. like, oh my gosh, another horrible police shooting that, you know, hurt or killed a, a black person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some of those little details it really added to the the realism of it. Like, the, oh shit, this this really happens. Like this incident may not have really happened in real life, but this is, is indicative of what is happening all the time. Yeah. So what are your big takeaways? Um, yeah, I don't know. Um... You, you liked reading it or you just felt like you needed to read it or what? So I, at the beginning of the book, I found it a little bit slow to get into. And I don't know if I just was having like a kind of d- didn't feel like reading week or what. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. I definitely like put it down and picked it up a few times at the beginning. Maybe because it was a little bit heavy. Um, and the it, physical book you're saying? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that like the news content is already very heavy and sometimes yeah. I want to read a book or watch a TV show that's a bit more escapist. Sure. So I think I had a hard time like, letting myself get into it because I knew that it was going to be a very like serious book mm-hmm. um, that wouldn't be like a, a fun book to escape into. Yeah. But once I got a little bit ways through it, I just, the characters really jumped off the page. Like yeah. the characters were really well written. Her family was amazingly well written. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it did a very good job of balancing a kind of typical coming of age young adult story with this really dynamic, realistic backdrop or realistic issues that she was dealing with. Mm -hmm. I thought it did, it did a really job of skating the line of not being too preachy or pushing an issue to the point that it sacrifice the story yeah but at the same time not pushing the important issues too far to the background so yeah. i was impressed with how um angie thomas skated that line of balancing a good young adult book with you know just regular teenage drama yeah. with this really huge massive issue as well yeah i just thought it worked really well from like the high school perspective of this you know cultural um societal issue that i don't know i guess we mainly hear about it through like the news frame of reference, yeah, and so and, like, to the see media it, um, radicalization yeah. of it, right, right, right. So yeah, I I enjoyed it seeing it from that perspective. Uh, in my book digest review, I talked about how like this should be required high school reading, in my opinion. I agree with that. I think your actual phrasing was like there needs to be a new wave of American classics, something like yeah. that. and I think that. Like, stop reading To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. Like, stop. Like, that's the the book that they always use, like, in middle school to talk about racism. Not that you can't get any, you know, valuable themes out of those those old books, but... But it's it's a white person's basically idyllic version of <laughs> of racism and, like, post-slavery America is, is To Kill a Mockingbird. It's mm-hmm. like... And, like, the hero in that book is, like, the white lawyer who cares just enough to not let an innocent person die. Do you think... Reading this book could change anyone's minds? I would hope that it would more like give a frame of reference or shape 
minds of younger people. That's kind of what I was getting at with my I don't out. know that a person without an open mind about the Black Lives Matter movement or about police brutality, like, I don't know if someone who, like, has a Blue Lives Matter bumper sticker would mm-hmm. read this book and automatically be like, you're right, I was wrong. They probably want to get past chapter two. Right. Or the mean, incident they're gonna They're going to read some of the, um, like, uh, Ebonics, like, um, African-American language yeah. um, in the book. And they're going to go, I don't know how to read this or something. Yeah. Like, they're going to just judge it too quickly. So I don't think they'd get into it. I don't think it's going to – I don't even think they'd pick it up, really. Probably not. But, yeah, I do think that it should be something that high school kids should have to read, especially predominantly white high schools sure. who this isn't – that's not the neighborhood that they are from, most likely. That's not the realities that they've grown up with. So just giving it some perspective on um, – your white privilege and like the fact that you, the fact that you don't have to grow up with this kind of violence and, and drugs and kind of limited options around you Mm -hmm. that right there is part of your privilege. Yeah. So I think showing kids that in a way that the character that they can relate to, even if they don't relate to her situation, they can relate to her and some of her anxieties and her dealings with her family and with her boyfriend and with her friends. And, um, I think she was very easy to relate to as a character, even yeah. if you didn't relate to her situation. Yeah. And even the situation, if you take it a, a little bit of a step back, like everyone has been in a situation where they don't know whether they should speak up or stay quiet or they don't sure. know what decision to make. Like a lot of it is just how does she make this decision? Right. She's figuring it out. It's not like she has these really strong opinions that if you don't agree with them at the beginning of the book, you're not going to be able to get into it. Like you're watching her figure it out. Yeah. And it, it, like you said before, I think it is really effective from a, from a teenage point of view because on one hand, she already is, like, a little bit jaded of having lived in this neighborhood. Like, two, her two best friends from childhood have both been killed before the age of, like, before they graduated high school. Yeah. Um, from some sort of violence. So, gun violence. So, that is, she's already a little bit jaded of, like, this could really happen. Like, she's had a lot of tragedy happen in her life. But at the same time, she has a unique teenage perspective of it. It's not the same as if it was being told by one of the parents or something right. like that. Um, so yeah, I think the coming of age part of it, and as you kind of, you learn about it and see the different sides along with her, mm-hmm. like it's not like the author is preaching from this is the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, the, there's not really a right way. It's not really a right answer. Um, so it's, yeah, it's enlightening, like reading it along with her or learning it along so, with her. So, so white people should read it, especially if you like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Especially It'll if you resonate. just like young adult, if you if you are a fan of good, well done young adults, yeah. um, then I think that you should read this. No matter, yeah, no I matter mean, it has race. some similar themes in terms of, like the young love, the will they, won't they. Yeah, but it all has that backdrop with it, which just adds another huge layer. Yeah. Anything negative to say? I didn't really have too much to pick this book apart. The only part that didn't quite do it for me was, well. I got kind of confused about the whole gang configuration. Okay. Like, I couldn't really keep track of who was on which side and what their beefs were. Really? Yeah. I didn't have a problem with that. I think I just maybe didn't read it quite close enough, those sections. So, there was the kings in their neighborhood. Yeah. But then there was, like, a different neighborhood group of that gang. The prince? The Garden Heights. Yeah. It's a different neighborhood. Okay. So the the same gang. And which one was her dad involved in? 
the kings. Okay. But her dad basically went behind the back of his previous gang to get this other neighborhood to come and protect them because he didn't neither of the gangs wanted to start an all out gang war between the two of them. Yeah. So he kind of used those gang politics to his advantage. So he has to ties to that one, but he's also kind of gone back on them. Yes. Well, that was the whole okay. point, was that he was forced to become one of them, and then t- that's why he went to jail, yeah, yeah. was for King. Right. And then came out of it and basically said, you owe me, I don't want to be indebted to you or part of the gang anymore. Yeah. So yeah, that, that part you have to kind of read closely to follow along. Um, the way the final scenes come together is a little bit, like, contrived. Like, they happen to run out of gas in a certain area, and it all leads to, like, a that big... That didn't bother me either. Yeah. Um, my just the least strong character was Chris. I had no feelings about him. Yeah, so he's like Chris is like the one, like really the one white character in the book. No. Who else? Her stupid white friend. Oh yeah, the white friends, right? White friend. The other one's Asian. Correct. Yeah, my only other complaint is that I was hoping, like they would, like one of the white people would turn out to be decent, and Chris sort of turns out to Chris be decent. Chris turns out to be decent. So I guess spoilers for the ending here. He like. Basically puts his foot down and says, like, I want to be with you. I want to know what the world is, the world that you grew up in is. And, like, went to the riots with her and stood by her. Yeah, but he's, he's, he wavers throughout the book a little bit. That's the point, though. Yeah. Is that nobody's going to be perfect, especially a teenager who's, who has no idea of how to deal with. Yeah. With the reality of her life. You didn't like his character, though. I just didn't care about him at all. You didn't care. Like... I think a decent amount of the ending kind of hinges on uh, her figuring out how to be herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that has to do with, with him and how much she shares and shows with this boyfriend of hers. But I didn't really care about their relationship. Or I didn't really feel their relationship. Yeah. So I wasn't very invested in whether or not um, they worked it out in the end. I was more invested in her... Ditching her bitchy friend? Her ditching her bitchy friend, but more in just her figuring out um, how to kind of blend her to parts of her world. Right. Like, I really liked that aspect of it because I think, once again, not to pull away from the main message of this book because it's, it's very important, but just in the fact that everyone can relate to her. I think sometimes these books get a little bit pigeonholed of like, only if you grew up in a poor black neighborhood are you going to be able to to understand or relate to this book. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone kind of has those different friend groups and you act differently with different friend groups and it can be hard to blend those or to know how to act when you're around a mixed group of people. Mm-hmm. And then to expand that and be such different backgrounds and different being brought up differently. Um, yeah, I just think everyone can relate to that idea of like code switching is what they right. They I've call I've it. heard this term. Yeah. So basically, what language and how you act in front of yeah. um, different groups of people, and it's especially uh, pronounced when it's um, different racial or cultural backgrounds. But I mean, I did that with Australia. I still sometimes like try and figure out what words to use depending on sure. who I'm talking to. Um, but obviously, this is to a, a greater extent. So the only thing I wanted from more from the book is more basketball scenes. <laughs> she was on a basketball team and it she skips over basketball. the whole season. Yeah, you get one little scrimmage. Yeah, I would have I would have killed for a 
a whole, you know, high school basketball team season championship drama. You wanted that inter- along with it. Maybe we should just like skip the championship yeah. to go to the DA's office or something. Yeah, I want to read that draft. Okay. Um, so would you recommend it? Yes. Add it to the curriculum. Okay. Like forced recommending it. Sure. Quiet Are you reading. excited about the the movie? Uh, yeah, I was just Googling it and that popped up. I guess so. So, Sabrina Carpenter, Maya from Girl Meets World, yeah, is white. playing the bitchy friend. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I don't actually know when it comes out or anything, but... Okay. All right, Mary. You're a Marvel expert. Me? Yeah. I don't think I've seen all the Marvel movies. I don't think that makes me an expert. Mm. I've never read a comic in my life. No. Not a Marvel. Not a superhero comic. Mary. So, what are we talking about? Black Panther. Wow. Yep. We saw it in some sort of special Dolby theater that blasted your horrifying. I have not recovered yet. Whew. The seats were super comfortable, but yeah, it was like being on one of those like 4D rides in Disney World where like your seat shakes. Yeah, that was dumb. Yeah. Wait, my comment was dumb or the seat was dumb? No, the seat's Oh, dumb. yeah. It was a little bit overkill of the sound. Um, so we saw it on Monday of opening weekends. Yep. Um, I just saw a headline that they made more than their budget on just the opening weekend. Mm-hmm. So bank. make more Black Panther movies, please. But you know that means they're going to interweave more Marvel superheroes. So this will only be the ever only good one ever. Probably. But the positive to come out of it, aside from it being an amazing movie, is that I am now 1% interested in seeing Infinity Wars instead of mm-hmm. 0%. Because I want to see how, what they do with those characters and how they interact. I yeah, think there could be some terrible. really funny scenes. Like everyone's asking mm-hmm. for a scene with Shuri and um, Peter Parker. Yeah. Because they'd be best friends. So I went in hoping to find major things to complain about. Because I wanted to prove my theory about... You wanted to be that white person that wants being, to take away the black joy of Black Panther. This being... I wanted to prove my hypothesis about... So much of the early hype being white guilt of people going, oh, I really like it. The trailer looks awesome. Yeah. I'm going to love every second of it. Yeah, I'm going to see like, it four times just because I the ticket sales. Yeah, yeah, I believe you. Yeah, you're supporting it. That's great. But it doesn't have to be the best movie ever. Uh, but yeah, I found very little to complain about. So in your ranking of Marvel movies. Yeah. Where is it? Number one? Number two? Number four? New age Marvel movies. I can't talk about old Spider-Man. No, I'm talking about this generation with this cast of Marvel movies. Yeah, it's got to be near the top. I, I enjoyed the first Iron Man when I was a youngster. And uh, I what else did I even enjoy? I don't know. I enjoyed the first Captain America to a certain degree. But looking at like that villain compared to this villain? Yeah. It's just nonsensical. The guy with the face mm. that he rips off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like a Nazi, but he's not? Yeah. No, this is probably... This is a very good movie, which makes it like an excellent Marvel movie. Yes. Mm. I would say this one and Thor Ragnarok are my two. I don't know if I can pick because yeah, they're so such different totally tones. different. Such different tones. But uh, is it a coincidence that the only two that are directed by people of color are my two favorites? Wow. Probably not. Probably not. It's like a white boy perspectives on superheroes. So what are we gonna what are we gonna talk about? I don't think well, we need you, to rehash the plot. I knew nothing about the Black well, Panther we do need to rehash the plot universe. Then. So I really like the premise of it of Wakanda, which is this 
uh, hidden kind of, uh, what's the city? Like, not, is it Atlantis that it's compared to? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, hidden in the heart of Africa. No, um, El Dorado. Yeah, that one. Atlantis is underwater. Yeah, yeah. Where it's hidden in all the poverty of, like, Central Africa, but they are sitting on this mine of, what's it called? Vibranium. Vibranium. Which is, like, the most powerful, super coolest metal. That's what Captain Shields is made out of. Oh, is it? Yeah, Cap Shield. Oh, everything connects. How did he get that? There was, like, a limited supply of it elsewhere, but mm. basically Wakanda has most So, yeah, of it. I thought that whole premise was awesome. i still not totally clear on, on... I get why they didn't want to give off all of their reality, but why did they let poverty in their immediate, in their immediate community go on? Because if anyone knew about it, they would be, like, attacked. Like, they would... So the poor people working the fields in the Africa around them, were they also living in the city or they were only left outside? The poor people in Wakanda, the people in the villagers outside Wakanda were just like farmers and they could go into the main city to like get help and stuff. Okay. But it was just the other countries they didn't Yeah, yeah. No, I got that part. Yeah. Okay. Because they had to like maintain some sort of a facade. Yeah. And it wasn't like it was, there was still a lot of African culture even in the city yeah um it wasn't like it was skyscrapers and businessmen in suits it was it was still um seemed very authentically african from what i know as a white girl from new hampshire but so so we know from what movie when the previous king of wakanda died some sort of marvel america so then this in this movie Mr. Jackie Robinson, Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Just what a kick-ass name. What a great name. Yeah. Chadwick. Um, so he's the new king. T'challa. Has to go through all the rituals. Mm-hmm. Almost fall off violent. a waterfall. Yeah. You're like, you, this is going to come back and he's going to fall off a waterfall. Sorry, I'm going to give away a spoiler, but there's a waterfall, there's a fight <laughs> Someone scene. Someone falls off it. Or he doesn't fall off, off the it. first time, he's going to go off the second Spoilers. Time. Um, so he ascends to the throne, mm-hmm. and in theory, everything should be fine, but sure. there's a lot of tensions about... He's got his badass female warriors. Yeah. The something Malaji. Okay. And so there's a lot of pressure about, you know, do you go out, do you go public? Do Especially you... from his love interest, Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. Much better in this movie than in the <laughs> last Star Wars, Wars movie. <laughs> Give her the Oscar for this one. Give her the second... Second billing cast, but not good lord. Um, so he, you know, what do you do? Do you go out? Do you try to help all of Africa? Do you try to help black people in other countries? Mm-hmm. So that gets into it a lot more deeper later on. Um, but then, what else is happening in Wakanda while the rest of the plot is building? So the claw, the yeah. guy. So there's. Um, a little bit of like a prequel at the beginning or a flashback, I should say, where a bunch of vibranium gets stolen from Wakanda in this big explosion and a lot of people died in it. A Wakandans died. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the vibranium in the universe comes, in the Marvel universe comes from is when yeah. it was stolen. So his kind of right-hand man or his um, like security, his bouncer, I don't know, mm-hmm. what's his role? Which guy? Daniel um, from Get Out. Yeah. His, like, head of security or whatever. Um, His father was killed in that raid, so he wants revenge on this claw guy, which I thought was spelled C-L-A-W. 
like a claw. Mm-hmm. It's not. Anyway, he wants revenge on this guy. T'Challa has a chance to take him down, lets him get away, or doesn't really let him, but he gets away. The so his, car chase. his head of security best friend basically turns on him mm-hmm. because he did, failed to come through on a promise. Yeah. Um, but someone else comes through with it. Challenger for the throne, Michael yeah. B. Jordan. So right. So that's probably the best, the best moment hair I've ever seen. Oh my god, I want that hair. You wouldn't. You could not pull it off. So that would be cultural I think appropriation. That's the best like hair. plot um, element of the movie is that they set up Andy Serkis's character to be the villain of the movie, and, and then immediately kill him. Yeah. Well, not immediately. <laughs> Halfway through. The only bit I didn't quite get it's about his switch. character is that. He knows about the truth about Wakanda. Like, he could do more damage by spreading that than peddling little no. bits of the mineral. You don't tell people your source for the shit that you're stealing to sell. The but, demand in the market for his mm-hmm. materials is so high because he's the only one who knows how to get it. Yeah, I guess. If, he, if he's like, hey, everyone, this is where I've been stealing all my shit from. Go ahead and try it yourself. Yeah. Control the source. Okay. Control the demand. I see what you mean. So then the other bit that I didn't quite get was Michael B. Jordan's character's plan from the beginning. I get his plan once he gets to Wakanda with Deadclaw to kind of take control of things. His plan from the beginning was he was trying to figure out an in to Wakanda. Because he couldn't just go up, he couldn't just roll up, be like, I'm here? Probably not. Because mm. even if he was like, oh, look, I'm Wakanda and I've got yeah. the weird lip tattoo, they would just be like, yeah, and? So, yeah, that was my only... And he needed to... Okay. Mm-hmm. It was a coup. Yeah. Him just walking into a, a healthy Wakanda. Yeah, yeah. No, I The get... whole point... Like, the CIA guy talked about that, how he... What part of his specialty was infiltrating governments in transition and utilizing that, leveraging that to be able to send the government whichever way they wanted to. So he had to wait for a time when the government was a little bit unstable and use that as an in to do a coup. Because if he just walked in when the government was perfectly stable and was like, oh, Wakandan, hey, I'm going to take over, they'd be like, what? I I get that bit. But in terms of when he finally takes Claw, kills Claw to bring him in, he could have killed him in the first scene in the museum. Yeah. Why did he have to wait? But then T'Challa wouldn't have failed... To have killed him. Oh. The reason that the head of security turned on him is that T'Challa failed in his promise to kill Claw, and someone else is coming saying, hey, he failed, but I can... kind of lucky, then. Things fell into or Michael B. Jordan's it, lab. Because hmm. he helped him... He helped Claw escape from T'Challa in the first place. Yeah. So that he had the power. He had the upper hand. Okay. There's just a... There's a lot of links there that had to happen for it to make sense. So it's too smart for you, the movie. Hey. This Marvel movie. Hey. <laughs> um, so again, yeah, I don't have too much negative to say about the movie. I thought it was... I don't, I'm don't. i going to take the for a Marvel movie qualifier off the table here. Oh. I thought that for like an action-y type movie, it was very tight, very well done, without being contrived or feeling overworked. Because I know like with some of the movies we talked about, like Coco and with The Good Place TV show... Some it, it almost feels like there's been too many hands on it or it's been too finely tuned. Yeah. This movie, I thought, was really tight without feeling forced, hmm. which I think is a hard balance to do. Like, I didn't find there to be a lot of plot holes or extraneous scenes. No. Um, but it also felt like it flowed really naturally. 
Did you hear that the original cut of it was four hours? No. Extended edition. Huh. Let's watch it. Because, yeah, one of my quibbles is, like, how quickly the villain's arc happens at the end. Well, because they did a bit of a bait-and-switch with Claw at the beginning. Yeah, he uses up a time. lot of the yeah. time. And so he he goes into Wakanda, he does the coup, like you said, and then he, in order to get to the end of the movie, like, things have to happen really, really quick. And to be fair, in a coup, things happen quickly. Yeah, well... It's not a slow no, the, takeover. The coup part makes sense, but then the reverse coup is what I mean. Yeah, okay. Because... You know, Michael B. Jordan gets in charge, and you're like, what the hell is going to happen? Yeah. He's running his whole empire, and he kind of only gets to run it for like half a day. But also, <laughs> they couldn't let him run it for too long because it would things would have escalated too quickly worldwide. Like yeah. his plan, they couldn't really let his plan take any sort of really basic steps because otherwise it's well, too far. Well, one comment I read that I liked was that... Ooh, what about if one ship had made it out of Wakanda? Like, That'd be even worse. But, like, that would have set up... Talk about setting up a sequel. Like, one ship with, like, sort of rogue... How do we know that they didn't, though? Yeah. Because it wasn't... Like, he could have sent out a scout ship ahead of time or something. Yeah, but Mr. Bilbo Baggins shot them all down because he's an expert. I was I was he ready was to complain pilot. about him. He was fine. Didn't bug me. No. He was the token white character. It's That's funny. fine. Yeah. Um... So, we really digress from the plot here. Mm -hmm. um, essentially, Michael B. Jordan's villain, Kill Eric Kill Killmonger, yeah. uh, challenges T'Challa for the throne because, because he he's his cousin. Yeah. Um, his long-lost cousin who was like abandoned on the streets of Oakland, essentially, as a child. Mm -hmm. um, and challenges and thinks he's won the challenge. Um, the only part, my only like plot hole of the movie that I don't quite understand is why he burned down all the sacred flowers. Did he just not want anyone else to be able to get the yeah, mystical thing? Yeah, that's how he explained thing? it, yeah. But does he just want to burn down Wakanda? Does he not want to have, like, a future... What happens when he dies? Does Wakanda just yeah, die? Yeah, I don't think he was planning that far ahead. And why, when... A little bit of a spoiler here. When um, Nakia stole the inside of the flower, why did she not take the whole flower with the roots so you could regrow them? Yeah, that was very convenient that she's like, oh, I got a petal right here. But why did she eat the whole thing? You can regrow them. Plants, you can move plants. Yeah. Like, they're not, you can just take the roots out. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so in the end, he challenges for the throne that ends up being two Black Panthers, which I am usually not a fan of the superhero has to fight himself kind yeah. of thing, like in Wolverine, um, Logan... He has to fight an iteration of himself yeah. in Spider-Man Spider 3. There's the dark Spider-Man Venom or whatever. Yeah. I'm not usually a fan of that. I thought it worked really, really well in this one because it wasn't just fighting himself for the purpose of fighting himself or for, for cool effect. It was like fighting for the direction that their country was going right. in. Like it was a very symbolic fight as well as a cool looking fight. Yeah, I agree. Um... So... You like the special effects. I didn't particularly like the special effects in this movie. I could take or leave the special effects. The world building and the sets yeah. were what I like. I literally yeah. got chills the first flyover of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that part So was I can't even cool. imagine if you are from Africa or your ancestors are from Africa how that would feel because, like, as a, like, whitest white person, mm -hmm. I got chills. Mm -hmm. Like, the overhead aerial views of it when they came in and, like, when he was doing his um, first ritual to be the king, yeah. like, the all the different tribes with their different um, different outfits that they wore 
and they were all chanting and they're on the waterfall and the mm-hmm. sun was coming out. Like it was just like gorgeous, like aesthetically yeah. just amazing. Acting overall good. Daniel from Get Out was the only one who kind of like stood out to me. Like I didn't quite buy that he was in this tribe. I was like, oh, the dude from Get Out. It's like right around the dude Look from Get Out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of, like, the accents and stuff, his, like, I uh, maybe it was just because I had seen that movie recently. He just, his just stood out to me. It didn't seem to, like, fit in with, like, the yeah. other African accents and yeah. language and stuff. Um, I just didn't really care for his character. I didn't think they gave him much to work with for that character. I think mm-hmm. the other characters were decently multidimensional to, to the extent that... Especially um, the guy with the large tongue. Oh, that creeped me out. Yeah, well... Um, he didn't have any words even. Why are you saying, well, how did that connect to how the characters are multidimensional? Uh, I was thinking, yeah. It, 3D is what you yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> I just meant that the characters had some depth to them. Mm-hmm. And I felt that his character, I didn't really buy that they were best friends. And then I didn't yeah. really buy that he only cared about revenge. And I didn't really buy his relationship you know, with... No, he was a character of convenience. With um, yeah, he was a plot character for sure, but he's the only one that I felt was a plot character. The rest of them, I was like, oh, these guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to talk about characters in a little bit and talk about some of our favorite characters, but I also want to mention the music, which somehow you did not notice. No. I don't usually notice like the score to the extent of other than it's like, oh, it's pretty, but the different um, kind of warring musical themes the that themes. they had were amazing. Every time that T'Challa was on the screen, it was this very African-influenced beat in the background. Yeah. Every time uh, Michael B. Jordan was on the screen, especially when he was like planning an evil takeover, yeah. it was like hip-hop in the background. The Kendrick Lamar Yeah. Drop. So it was really cool, like the duality of it or the contrast of it, of having uh, two characters who want to take a country in totally different directions to some extent or represent different things for the country and having that in the music as well. Yeah, I don't, I struggle with movies because I always confuse soundtracks and scores. And to me, if Kendrick Lamar did the soundtrack to the movie, then like every 15 minutes I should be hearing a Kendrick Lamar song. And in, in this case, it was like little bits and bops, like, but that it, was the point. That was it was gu- like subconsciously guiding you, or consciously. If you're, I want I, if I if they're popular songs, I want to hear them full length in the movie. That's what the end credits are for, especially True. when you have to sit through it for the Marvel. Oh songs. my god! <laughs> if I could change one thing, I know you want to get rid of Stanley. I want to get rid of the credit. Crap. Okay, deal. I would get rid of the credits if I didn't have to see Stanley's face in a cameo every mm-hmm. movie. Um. So, yeah, I thought that was really impressive the way they did that, and enough that. It was noticeable to me, who I don't usually notice the score, but I, yeah. I found that really cool. Um, so... Oh gosh, you've got notes. I do actually have notes for this. Um, I don't think we really need to comment on the African influences of it. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's really cool that they're doing a lot of screenings in Africa, whereas mm-hmm. um, American movies don't always get a like instant wide release into African countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lupita Nyong'o's from Kenya, I believe, and um, they had like a screen. I was watching some clips of some people from her town, and they were just so excited and so <laughs> proud of her, and like just really, really taking joy from the movie being so African. Like, it's not yep. just 
an African-American movie. It's an African movie. Like, the country of Wakanda is is a nation, a fictional nation in Africa. There's a yeah. lot of African influences, the language, the clothing, I kept all waiting that. for the movie to jump to Samuel L. Jackson and what's his group called? The Marvel Avengers, what are they called? The Avengers? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. I kept waiting for them to, like, jump to and S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. Didn't. I was like, thank God. Yeah. yeah. Um... So, do you want to talk a little bit about the characters and some of our favorites of the characters? Sure. Do you have... I know who your favorite was. Well, obviously. Mm. Shuri. Yeah. The amazing, spunky little sister. Tech genius. Tech genius. Mm-hmm. She is the smartest person in the Marvel Universe, and she is the a like, teenage well. black girl. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And she's the funniest. She had some of the best lines and just very straightforward humor that I really appreciated. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so she was definitely my favorite. She was, like, funny and techie, but not, like... I feel like sometimes when they do techie, they just kind of hide behind their screens. Yeah. And she was still a badass. She put on those crazy gloves and her war paint and went out to defend her brother. Like, it's amazing. It's like, she's so brave. Not only is she, like, really techie and smart, but she's also, like, brave enough to go, like, raving... Raving? To go raring into battle. Yeah. To defend her brother and defend her country. It's true. She was awesome. So she was my favorite. I mean, the takeaway from the movie for me, or, like, my favorite thing about the movie, was just how badass all the ladies were. Like, Wakanda is run by the women, essentially. Like, T'Challa might be the king, but, like, the queen mother and his sister and the, um, the general of the, of the, like, woman warriors, and then his love interest slash spy slash international assassin. Mm -hmm. Like, just amazing. And they were the ones that were, like, loyal and smart the whole time. True. Um, although I, I will say having like warrior rhinos is the most baddest thing I've ever seen in my whole <laughs> life. Um, but yeah, it was just, the women characters were just amazing. So I was really blown away by them that not only was it a really triumph for, for black characters in a black led movie, but just the women were mm-hmm. just amazing. Yeah. Like kick ass, inspiring women in the, in the movie. Do you have any feelings with the characters that we're supposed to be talking about? Oh, um, I like them. You liked the characters. That's our, what our podcast is going to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the villains were probably the highlight of it. I mean, it was just they were just really good villains, like mm. multifaceted, like villains that you could understand where they were coming from. It wasn't like I'm a Nazi, I'm going to rip my face off. It right. was <laughs> you're really scarred by. Uh... Yeah, I just ripped his face off. <laughs> Um, they were really nuanced and like they were almost you had a hard time rooting against them because you could kind of see where they were coming from. Mm. Yeah, no, it was definitely a moral conflict at the end. And I mean, in the end, spoilers here, but Michael B. Jordan's character dies mm. um, with the most like chilling statement of the whole uh, movie. Yeah. And, but then the country actually does what he wanted anyways. To a certain degree. Not, not to the radical extent no. that he wanted, but his coming there and challenging actually does affect the way the country is going to act globally going forward yeah so it's like his death wasn't in vain you know yeah and it's almost it's one of these things where like the the rationale or the ideas that the villain had were right but his his actions or his action plan was i know i was going to talk about force whitaker okay playing the uh the wise old the shaman chief shaman yeah kind of role 
spiritual He just seems like he's done the same acting performance ever since, what was the movie called, like, uh, The King of Scotland? Well, I told you that about the Star Wars movie, and you scoffed at me. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, I thought he was playing, like, the same kind of, like, kooky, slightly incoherent old man as he played in the last movie that I saw him in, which was Rogue One. Last King of Scotland, 2006. I feel like every movie he's in since then, he's doing this. It's a really great acting performance. It's just... As Forrest Whitaker, it wasn't a character to me. Yeah. Hmm. And if, yeah, I feel like if he had been maybe a little bit less caricature-y, I would have cared a little bit more yeah. about what happened to him. Gosh, there's a lot of spoilers in here. Everyone dies. Yeah. No, they don't. <laughs> so I was also pretty impressed, like, villain-wise and plot-wise that I, like, didn't actually really know what was going to happen. I feel like a lot of the Marvel movies, or just a lot of movies in general, I feel like get really predictable, and they're kind of like, oh, obviously the hero's going to come back and win, and this and that. Yeah. And and as you pointed out, there was a little bit of a predictable, like, the movie's not called Black Panther to have Black Panther die halfway through. But um, I was, like, on the edge of my seat, like, not knowing how the plot was going to move forward and not knowing what decision they were going to make in the end. Yeah. So I appreciated that as well, that even though it was a superhero movie, like, I guess if I had read the comics, maybe I would have known what was going to happen. Um, but I liked that it like, was a bit surprising for me as well. Yeah. So how does this affect, like, the Marvel Universe, I guess? Because the, the very ending of the movie, obviously, spoiler here, is that they're going to open their borders and share their technology. Yeah. So what's... Well, I never understand how the Marvel lineup uh, happens in a time sequence. So this movie was like directly after Civil War where his... um, Which was the last kind of group movie. And Thor was going on during Civil War, I believe. Thor Ragnarok? Yes. He wasn't in Civil War? That was the whole point. Thor and Hulk were the only two that were not in Civil War, even though it was a Captain America movie. Got it. So yeah, I assume that's going to be And Spider-Man was going on at the same time as this Everyone's going to have a shield by the next movie. Hmm. So I still think that there's too many characters in Infinity War. Like Even the Guardians of the Galaxy will have that. too much. But this movie is basically the only thing that could make me intrigued. Okay. So my takeaway from it was stop making more Iron Man and Captain America movies. No offense to Cap. And give me more Black Panther movies and don't let the Marvel Universe ruin Black Panther. But it probably will. Probably will. But this will still be like a shining, beautiful movie. All right. Was there anything else that we want to talk about for it? I think that's good. Okay. I'm staying awake. Um, We just had a couple upcoming things. Do you want to mention, first of all, the one strange one? Yeah. Did you read my notes? We're going to talk about the Grinch, right? Is that what you yeah. mean? Yeah. I also have it as a note. I'm still not convinced it's a real thing. I feel like it's just like a pitch that they're throwing out there as commercials to see if anyone gets interested, and then they'll make it if there is interest. Possibly. I don't think they have a movie right now. So in all the Winter Olympics um, coverage, I just keep showing this little cartoon Grinch, and then just saying, holiday 2018. Yeah. And then once in a while, they say Benedict Cumberbatch. I, yeah, I really don't believe that part. I have a conspiracy theory that Benedict Cumberbatch is not attached to this movie yet, but they're just putting him in this ad and going to Are they going to make him, him do an American it. accent? Because I was not convinced by his American accent He'll do in a Grinch accent. Yeah. Does the Grinch take place in America? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But what accent are they going to have him do? I don't think the Grinch is British. Mm. We'll see. I, the funniest thing I saw about Martin Freeman's accent was that he sounds like he learned American English from Casey Kasem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his accent in the movie was a little bit like that. <laughs> um... The other one that I want to talk about is um, 
the new Queer Eye. Have you seen anything about that? It's been like making the rounds around the internet. It's a Netflix show, so we, I won't be able to watch it for a while, I suppose, since we ditched Netflix. Mm-hmm. But there's a new like reboot of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, and supposedly it's amazing. Like I've just been crying over it. Okay. And the last one I want to talk about, Mike Schur. Talked about him earlier yeah. a couple times. Um, he's having a new movie come out. Uh, sorry, new TV show come out called Abby's, mm-hmm. and it's with Natalie. Imperito, I forget her last name. She was um, Aziz Ansari's love interest in Parks and Rec. Yeah, in Parks and Rec. Yeah, okay. the la- the last season's Lucy. one. Lucy. Yeah. Um. So she, it's gonna be like a modern day Cheers. Okay. She like owns a bar and she's an army veteran. I don't know. I'm not How convinced. How much time yet. does he have to make new shows? I don't know. I'm not convinced about it yet. When I first read the article about it, I thought. It was a show, an army show, and I was like, oh my god, please, no more army shows. Like, I feel like every new show, it's like SEAL Team 6, yeah. Navy Team 5. It's just, just like, ridiculous, like, army shows, like, we have to get her out of here now, now, now. Like, that's, they're yeah. all the same commercial to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I read that it's, like, a Cheers kind of show, I'm, like, vaguely intrigued by it. Okay. But in terms of, like, Mike Schur's progression of shows... It's, like, gone downhill for me so far. Right. Like, I would rank them Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Good Place. Mm -hmm. So if this trajectory continues, Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep enjoying them less. So I hope that's not the case, but we'll see. So keep it interested. Is that all we have? I think so. It's bedtime now. It is bedtime. So thank you for listening to us ramble about things today. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the new name of the podcast. Heather rambles about Listen stuff and Ben interjects sometimes. <laughs> um, you can follow us as always at DD Get Down on Twitter, where I will try and post some of these links. Um, or you can follow me at Heather324. Trigger warning on that one. Yeah, trigger warning for a lot of politics stuff. So if you need a break from that, uh, don't look at my Twitter, but you can look at DD Get Down instead. And uh, if you do have any comments on Olympic figure skating or Black Panther or The Hate You Give, uh, write to us on Twitter. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Okay, see ya. Thanks. You gotta get down with the get down. Well, now, get down, get down, uh, get down, whoa, whoa, get down, uh, get down, whoa, whoa. Maybe we can talk our neighbors into doing the same thing. Get down, get down, get down, get down. Get down.